Hey everyone, Tri-State Sacks back with another Playing Around with Playbook. Today we're going to be talking to the amazing trombonist, educator, uh, Nick Finzer. So we're super excited about that, so let's just give Nick a moment to log on. I believe Sammy's also going to be joining us, so let's just give him a second to log on and we'll get started. Hi Nick. Hi, how's it going? Oh, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Wow, you very, very prompt. Usually Sammy's the one on here first. <laughs> I was waiting. I watched the thing count down. I was like, all right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Super prompt. Usually it does take like 15 minutes for them to figure it out. Like sometimes it's it's pretty tough. But I'm sure you're tech savvy, of course. Um so while we're waiting for Sammy, I'll just go ahead and introduce you for the Playbook audience. Um, so thanks so much for being here today. Nick is an award-winning composer, producer, entrepreneur, educator, and trombonist, bringing the power of joy and jazz to traditional jazz fans and the most modern 21st century audiences. He was born into the musical world um, with a fascination for the music of Duke Ellington and found himself performing at the Essentially Ellington competition at Jazz Lincoln Center that we all know so well. Um, it was then he decided to pursue a life in music and pursued um, jazz studies at Eastman School of Music and went on to get his master's at Juilliard's prestigious jazz program where he was mentored by Steve Turr. Um, 2020 also saw um, two new honors for Nick, a Grammy nomination and um, topping the Downbeats magazine critics poll in the Rising Star Trombone category and Finzer's fifth album as leader cast of characters with his sextet here and now was welcomed to critical acclaim in a national album release tour. Um, of course, uh, Nick is very accomplished and I was lucky enough to hear him play at the Gen Festival this past winter and meet him in person. So um, to start us off, I wanna ask you, what have you been listening to lately? Uh, well, we're in the middle of the semester uh, at UNC, I think it's, so I've been listening to a lot of a lot of the things that I'm making my students learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is is a little bit of it. So we've been checking out. Uh, I mean, I always go back to the same records. Like there's this great JJ Johnson record called In Person, or it's also called. It has two two titles. There's another or re-release, and it was called Trombone Master. So I've been listening to that, and I can't seem to really escape it. Like no matter mm -hmm. how much. Now, I'm going to sign some other things, but that, it was my first uh, record that I dove deep into when I uh, in college, or in school maybe. So I, yeah. I was having listening to that, and I've been listening to um, this, this Chick Corea, Wallace Roney, Ken uh, Garrett record, the tribute to Bud Powell. I've been listening to that. That's been mm. pretty, pretty good, but. You know, I do a lot of things, and uh, so one of the things that I do is I run this record label, and so I'm often listening either to new submissions that people send in, so I'm hearing people's music, or I'm listening to what's coming out on, like, Spotify's State of Jazz, all new jazz, to kind of stay up on what, what's happening, and so sometimes I get kind of lost in, like, just kind of hearing what's new, and then, like, the, the classic recordings <laughs> that I love, sometimes that takes up most of my listening time, but... Um, so I'm pretty, pretty active on seeing like every week because they update this playlist every week. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. 
Or we just got to bring it back to the trombone master album. I see. I see. Um, you mentioned your uh, your um, students at UNT, um, which brings me to one of my questions, which is what do you want your students at UNT to walk away with the most, like at the end of their studies with you? Yeah, I think there's uh, two things that I want them to walk away with. One is just like learning how to learn in a deep way. Uh, so learn, like being able to teach themselves and be autonomous. You know, they shouldn't need me by the time they're done. You know? And uh, so like whatever, whether they become a professional trombonist or not, that process of like learning how to learn, you know, or learning how to learn like really deeply something that you're really passionate is a skill that they can be applied to you know, anything if they decide not to pursue a career as a musician. Um, so that's number one. And number mm -hmm. two, you know, I tell all the people coming in, like, if you want to come and you want to study with me, I'm going to teach you how to be a trombone improviser, like a jazz soloist. Like, mm -hmm. things we need to be able to do to work. And, but, like, if you don't want to learn J.J. Johnson or Slide, then you know, all the great history of jazz trombone, we might not get along super well, and it might be frustrating. So I try to, <laughs> try to you know, make that known up front that I want to teach the history of the music, and I want, to, I want you to come away as a well-rounded, but also really knowledgeable um, in the history of, like, the improvising jazz. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, sometimes you get stuck in different, like, oh, this type of that type of jazz, but it's like, no, I want you to be able to be an improviser. Mm. Um, that's what it means to me, you know, like jazz means improvising together or as a soloist or whatever, but that essential element to me, part of it. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, definitely. Um, I hear that a lot, like with my own teacher, they talk about a foundation, like you have to be willing to learn the foundation before you get to where you want to get to. Um, so I know that you spent some time teaching there. Do you have any like favorite experiences teaching there or in general or performing like an experience that stands out to you that's most notable? Or performing? Oh, yeah, cool. or we could separate them. You could do one of each. Let's do that. <laughs> I mean, I know this probably sounds like super cliche, but a moment, the best moments as a teacher are, are seeing the light bulb go off, like, mm. <laughs> in, a, in a different for every student, I think. And some people come in and they're already deep in it and they don't need the light bulb to turn start. But like, the ones, I, I find it especially with undergrads that like, it might take two or three years before, but then all of a sudden, it'll think will kind of be like, going along, okay, going along, okay, and then one week, five, like a big noise, oh, I Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, like the growth curve is exponential. Yeah. Wait, your your audio is breaking up just a tiny bit. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's just position of your microphone. But yeah, I just wanted to say like you're deep in yeah. the in the light bulb comment, comment and I wanted to hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it better now? Yeah, much better. Thank you. Okay. I think I think it was reflecting. Um, so. Like I said, like it's, it depends on the student, but um, that moment of when they finally, like it, things start to click and they're able to realize like the amount of time it takes for them to like get to a good level and trying to then push them from there. So that's one, you know, 
really kind of magical moment when they finally start to get it. But I couldn't say that the, like there's a, a specific one, but it happens. I feel like for most people at some point. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, um, you know, as a, uh, a, a educator, it's also nice to see your students uh, get recognized for their hard work. Uh, some of my students have gone on to win a bunch of the like jazz trombone competitions that exist in the world. And so seeing them do that or like seeing them not be a finalist for a, a while and then they've done it four or five, six times and then they finally get in there and they finally are able to win. Not that jazz is about competitions, but it's just nice to see them mm -hmm. feel recognized, you know, and that they're, that they are working hard and that, that it's paying off. So those things are, um, those are nice things to, to see. And I would say that <clears throat> some of my favorite performance memories or experiences. Um, I mentioned Duke Ellington, you mentioned Duke Ellington and that music was some of the first that drew me into jazz. And then I had a long relationship with Wycliffe Gordon who played mm. in the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra. And so playing in that group is always like something I wanted to do. So the first time that I was able to do that, that was a huge, like ex scary, but a mm -hmm. great experience for me. Um, I played them on a, on a couple of tours and so just like showing up and then sitting down and then Winton's like right behind you playing <laughs> the trombone section. Like, oh, man. So that was both scary and like really inspiring and just kind of a, a great moment, you know, for me personally. Yeah, of course. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so you mentioned that you are running. Well, I know that also as well. You're running outside the music as well as teaching and performing. Um, what inspired you to take this step to create that label or take that um, step? Sure. Uh, I never intended to have a record label or <laughs> anything like that. I, I never occurred to me. It wasn't a goal. It wasn't a thing in my mind. But um, when I finished my master's degree, I decided that I wanted to put out a record. And that was my first kind of foray into learning about everything. And um, so I got a whole bunch of information by just like doing wrong, doing things wrong <laughs> the first time and learning about timelines and what needs to happen in order for a CD to come out and how to hire a publicist and get the team together. Um, and I hired maybe not the greatest person. So I learned a lot from that. <laughs> and then I started to talk to other labels and find out what their deals were like and, you know, kind of how it all worked. And I was like, you know, I think I could probably do this myself. And so then I started doing it. And then my friends started asking for advice. And I would always be like, ah, just, just give it to me. I'll just like put it out for you. Like it's easier for me to just do it than to explain <laughs> it. You know, and so it was at first it was like, oh, it's kind of time saving for me to just do it. And so I did it. And then one thing led to an, another. And so in 2015, 2016, we kind of officially started releasing music. Um, and so it kind of was just a natural outcropping of like helping, trying to help my friends. And so I kind of stuck to my guns in terms of the mission of the label is to be artist centric and mm. to make sure to accentuate all the parts of the contracts that I really hated it, reading other people's. I wanted to make different with ours, which, you know, is maybe to the detriment of the, you know, financials of our business, but it keeps all the control in the hands of the artists. And that's really important to me. So in terms of their masters, they keep it, the publishing, they keep it, the copyrights, they keep it all hundred percent. And we just are, it's basically, you know, we help distribute and promote and market the releases, um, and so that's been really important to me 
And it's historically been something that jazz musicians have struggled with all along is different record companies, you know, taking advantage mm -hmm. of the artists. So it was important for me to do that. So it kind of, it's been slow growing, but now we're doing 30 or 40 releases a year. So mm -hmm. uh, it keeps me pretty busy. Can you hear me? Yes, sorry, okay, I think great. it's just yeah, I think it is. froze for a second. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, that's, that's awesome. I mean, definitely, we love artist-centric. <laughs> um, so between those things, do you have any mantras, like when things get tough or like especially busy? Oh, that's a good question. I <laughs> know, um, <laughs> I guess I don't have a mantra, but it's just kind of like, I guess I'm kind of used to it being crazy all the time. So I just kind of have to keep on, keep on going. A question, you know, I do like a, a weekly live stream, like, uh, yeah, with, I've seen that before. you know, a bunch of people on my, in my audience. And mm -hmm. so a question that comes up a lot is like, what do you do when you don't feel motivated? You know, that kind of thing. And so something that I usually, that I stick with is just like that. I don't really believe in that, like being motivated to do mm. something. It's just that you've decided already what you're going to do. And yeah. so if I've decided I'm going to practice or I've decided I'm going to learn something or be a part of something or run a record label or whatever, it's like, well, there's no <laughs> option. I already decided I'm going to do this. So I, uh, I kind of, I'm like, if you decide beforehand that you're going to do it, then you just get it done. And then when it's done, it's done. Um, that works for me. I don't think that would, might not work for everybody, mm. but um, that's been useful. That's been useful in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I like the way that you put that because I just think about it as like discipline. Like you want to do something, you just have to be disciplined. It's not about motivation, but <laughs> yeah, it's so thank, not about motivation. <laughs> thank you for that. So for our last question, I'll ask you to close this out. Why do you feel platforms like Playbook are important in today's classroom? Yeah, you know, everyone learns differently. And especially in jazz, there are, to me, like, so many different types of students, like some come with great ears and no knowledge of how music works from a like, quote, unquote, theoretical perspective. Mm -hmm. And then maybe there's uh, people that are really good at their instrument, but don't know anything about improvising. Or then there's another group of people that love to just play and need more refinement in terms of how they play their instrument, you know? And so having all different types of options, playbook obviously being one, where you can go and like learn in a style that suits what you need. You know, that's very much an essential core philosophy in my teaching is like, everyone's not the same. You can't just give them the same repertoire. You can't give them the same assignments. Like it just doesn't work in my opinion. And so um, meeting the students where they are. And so I think what's cool about, you know, what you guys are doing is being able to like have those different, you know, kind of play along with experts and be able to, you know, insert yourself into a musical situation because obviously playing with people that are better than you is one of the best ways to you know raise your level no matter what stage you're at like i still feel that way and I, mm -hmm. I was you know play with you know someone like Wynton marcellus i mean come on like, <laughs> um but so you know i think that's really important to have all these different approaches and ha allow students and educators to find new ways to engage the students um and especially to me with the, with the parts that involve improvisation and being able to play mm. and not, you know, there's a particular tool out there that I happen to uh, dislike that is makes up these MIDI backing tracks to <laughs> when you play that I won't, I'll leave unnamed, but 
it really drives me insane. So having more options that have real musicians playing to me is a, a, a yeah, is like essential to getting like the feel and the flow mm -hmm. and playing with other people and just like what it feels like to really swing. You know, you can't get that from a computer. Yeah. It sounds really old fashioned when I say that, but <laughs> like, it's just true. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for being here with us today. I um, really appreciate the time you took to speak with me and speak with the Playbook audience and hearing about your experiences and your mindset. So everyone, you know, keep following Nick, Nick Finzer on Instagram and nickfinzermusic.com and everyone check out Playbook at Playbook Jazz and at thisisplaybook.com. So I'm going to log off now, but thank you again. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye.